0: This is Jenny Velicky, and you're listening to The Funky Farm Girl. This is episode 39, the second in our Chicken 101 series. And This week, we're talking about chicks. So, before we get started, let's talk about what we're doing on the homestead this week. So, this has been a little bit of a preparation-type week. This week, um, as you know, my husband had surgery on his hand, and so he was home for a few days, but he was able to lead Georgia in setting up a run for her rabbits. So he was able to kind of direct her with that. And she gave him a hand where he could not use his hand. And they were able to get a, a rabbit run set up to go with her coop. She's getting her coop already. Um, her, her rabbit hutch coop type thing. Um, and she has... Um, Someone who has some rabbits that she's wanting to buy. They have a few more weeks until they're old enough for her to purchase them. So she's doing all the things to get ready for that. We also spent this week going through canning supplies and seeds to see what we have for this year and what we still need to purchase. And I highly recommend if you have not decided what seeds you want to plant. And you are planning to plant seeds quickly go and find your seeds. Um, I highly recommend that just as quickly as you can because lots of the better known distributors are already running low or are sold out on several different varieties. I had to change my plan a little bit based on those shortages and I still have not found birdhouse gourd seeds yet so I'm hoping that Mr. Goodman at my local farm store is going to be able to help me out with that and possibly some cilantro and other than that I've got my seed shopping done. Also if you're planning on doing any canning this year go ahead and start looking for jars and lids and things like that now. Uh, I have plenty of jars after doing an inventory of what we have and a lot in different sizes and a lot of the sizes that I use the most of I have plenty of but I don't have very many lids um, if you don't know when you can you have to um, use a new lid each time the ring can be reused but not the lid and so it's important that you have new lids when you're canning something and I've had a hard time finding those this year So I'm going to be keeping an eye out and buying a few here and there when I can find them, but I'm not able to find them in the quantities that I want for the price I'm willing to pay. So if those things are on your list for this spring and summer, go ahead and start shopping for those now. A lot of people, especially people who are new at these types of things, will wait until they need them and then they can't find them and then they end up missing out on the opportunity Do it at all, so go ahead and start looking for things like seeds and canning supplies now. If you have any questions about any of that, or you want to know who I would recommend you or where to look, shoot me a message over on Instagram, or you can email me and I will put my email in the show notes. So, this week we are continuing our series chicken 101 last week we talked about the stuff you need whether that is the feed and the feeders and the waterers and the and the coop and the run and the fencing and all the types of things like that that you need to make sure you have most people who start with chickens want to start with them from baby chicks um, not all people do that. Some people will buy laying hens from someone so that they can get them right away. Um, we have done both. We've had baby chicks that we brought home at a day or two, well, a couple days old, and raised from there. Um, and we've also bought what's called pullets, which are um, a little bit older chicks that are old enough to be able to tell um, the sex so that you can make sure you get the types that you're wanting um and then we've also had um a rescue situation where a friend of a friend was moving and was not able to take their chickens with them and we were given six hens with a chicken run and coop with it so we've done all situations there's some pros and cons to each one but this week we're going to talk about what to do with baby chicks we're going to help you decide what kind is right for you in your homestead and then we're going to help you figure out where to get those chicks and what you need to do to take care of them and what pitfalls you need to look for in raising those chicks all the way to laying hens and roosters um So let's talk about first what chickens do we buy and in order to do that we need to do what we do at the beginning of every episode and we need to first ask why. Why do you want chickens on your homestead? Uh, Are you looking to add eggs? Are you looking to raise birds for meat? Maybe both of those are are your goal. Are you looking for a production farm animal or are you looking for a pet? As I said last week, there's absolutely nothing wrong with having backyard chickens as pets. They are just as enjoyable, if not more so, than a dog or a cat. However, you have to go into it knowing what your expectation is and what your goal is. So, if your goal is chickens who are going to earn their keep and lay you eggs and do that kind of thing you're going to want a different kind of chicken than a chicken that's just your pet and if it lays eggs it's great but it's not important if it does so you can get a chicken that maybe is prettier but doesn't lay as many eggs in a year. So we'll talk through things like that and then again another one of the things you need to ask yourself is how important are the looks of your chicken? Um, Are you just more interested in putting food on the table? Or are you interested in possibly further down the road breeding your chickens or hatching eggs or things like that and so you want to make sure that you get um, high quality beautiful birds that are desirable by other people? Um, does egg color matter to you? Uh, are you content with white and, or brown eggs or are you trying to achieve that egg rainbow that goes into blues and greens and pinks? Those things will help you to determine what breeds you want. So, other things you might need to consider that you might not have thought of when you're asking why. Um, Once you know what your purpose is, then you also need to find a breed that fits a few other criteria. And those are things like your climate. Are you in a place that is particularly cold, colder than typical? Um, or are you in a place that is particularly hot and humid or even hot and dry? Um, If so, you need to look for birds that are bred to be cold hardy or heat tolerant depending on your location. We are um, in North Carolina and we're pretty fortunate that we have a pretty temperate um, climate. We do have four seasons, but It's it's really more like two, Um, summer and winter and a little in between. Um, That bleeds over in the edges. But So we don't really have as much of a concern with heat and cold like other places might. Um, You also need to think about what's the typical temperament and the noise level of those types of birds. Um, for example, our white Leghorns are very, very flighty and anxious, and our ISA Browns are, have always been very, very chill and relaxed. It is built into their temperament, and those are things that you want to consider as well. And then you want to think about things like: are they are they chickens that are going to go broody or not? Are they going to want to sit on eggs? and try to hatch them or are they not particularly bent that way and again that goes back to what your goals are if you're looking to breed chickens and hatch eggs to sell um, uh, to sell baby chicks that may be something that's important to you or maybe you're going to use an incubator and you don't care if they're broody or not Um, those kinds of things are things that you need to think about first And then last but not least you need to think about their adaptability to confinement and this one is particularly important for most of my listeners because as we've said homesteading is all about lifestyle more than location. So not many of you live on farms. Not many of you have a ton of space and a ton of land that your chickens are going to free range all over you. A majority of you are are going to have chickens that are going to be contained in a run and so you need chickens who are content to be contained. They've adapted well to that and they're okay with that. There are other chickens who really need to be able to forage and wander and and be free-range and they will not be content and they will struggle to be confinement birds. So make sure that you know that about the breed that you choose. So Let's talk about some options as far as birds that would be good choices for you. First of all, let's talk about some basic farmyard breeds. If your goal is to become a little more self-sustainable by growing your own chickens out in your yard so that they will produce eggs to give food for your family and possibly to share with friends or Maybe even sell a few here or there. Um, and, and your goal is more health oriented. And you just want good chickens that are going to lay you healthy eggs. That you didn't buy from the store. Um, you're going to want birds um, that are going to be high laying. High producing birds that are okay with confinement. Probably birds that are pretty docile and chill. And not pre- very noisy. Um, especially because most of you may live in a neighborhood or you may have close by neighbors and so you want to be particularly mindful of how noisy of a bird you get um, when you have neighbors. So the three are so that I would recommend for you. Number one, Rhode Island Reds. Rhode Island Reds are just your basic run-of-the-mill brown chicken with, with a red comb. They're going to lay great eggs they're going to lay you about 300 eggs a year um, and they will crank them out and they'll be good chickens and they're healthy hearty birds and they're they check all the boxes for what you're going to be looking for in backyard chickens they're also really easy to come by and they're very inexpensive to buy um, baby chicks you're going to look anywhere from three to five dollars for for a brand new chicken um also as far as brown chickens go, uh, an ISA Brown or Golden Comet or Cinnamon Queen. You may hear them called by all three of those names and they're all essentially the same chicken. Um, We have six of, no, we have four, four of the ISA Browns um, and they are our golden girls and They are beautiful little chickens. They have a wonderful personality. They are very, very sweet and personable. Um, They love to interact with us. They're gentle. They're not squawkers and they are cranking out the eggs just one right after another. They're they're very, very consistent layers. Uh, Another option would be white leghorns. White leghorns are going to lay like production chickens they are going to crank out some eggs more consistently than all the other birds that I've just mentioned they're probably going to give you more like 325 to 330 eggs a month a year um and these are the ones that were laying for us when nobody else was um and they are quite good um as far as egg production goes they are a little bit more flighty um we've noticed that even with ones that we had previously these that we have in particular were not socialized much when they were younger which plays into their personality and we'll talk about that more later but really they just in general are going to be more flighty and startled birds than the others that i've mentioned and last but not least, if you want to add a little bit of color, your white leghorns are gonna lay white eggs. The Rhode Island Reds, the Isa Brown, Golden Comet, Cinnamon Queen are all gonna lay brown eggs. If you want to add a little bit of color, maybe try a barred Plymouth rock. These are beautiful little birds. Um they are black and white and they lay pink eggs. They're very, very pale pink, so they may look more white with a little tinge of pink, Um, it really can vary from chicken to chicken, but um, that may give you a little bit of color in your egg basket if that's something that means a little bit to you, but maybe is not like the deciding factor for you. So all of those are going to be docile, not very noisy, high laying, high producing, okay with confinement, awesome backyard chickens for people who live with neighbors nearby. And all of them are going to be super easy to find and going to be fairly inexpensive. Three to five dollars a bird for chicks. Now, if you want to grow an egg basket that is more of a rainbow, then you're going to want to add in some blues and greens. And we're going to do that by adding in a few other birds the ones that you want to look for if colorful eggs are important to you um, are arcanas. Um those can be either green or blue they're kind of flighty but they're also quiet and they're okay with being confined so aracanas, also easter eggers and yes that is their actual name americanas and cream leg bar those are all going to be ones that lay a blue or green egg and these are going to give you really really pretty colors and and the shades of them are going to vary from one to another so when we say green it could be anywhere from mint green to army green we're talking a wide range and the blue could be anywhere from the palest blue that's almost white to a very very light turquoise blue that's beautiful um you just never know what you're going to get until you get that first egg um but these in general tend to lay um greens and blues in beautiful beautiful shades Uh, if you want some more of those pink eggs you can maybe try a light sussex and then for chocolate browns we have copper morans and then we have uh little hazel is our copper moran bird that is purebred and then we also have Thelma and um no velma and daphne and they are copper moran easter egger mixes and so their eggs are a lighter brown um but sometimes they seem to have a little bit they're they're a pale kind of brown Um, so they're not quite as dark as a typical Moran, um, but they can have a little bit of variation to them, uh, of a lighter brown, but hazel is definitely a much darker, almost brick red brown egg, very deep color. Um, and then one of our ice browns is laying speckled eggs, so if you like speckled freckled eggs, um, Sometimes you'll get one of those on occasion. Um, so if you like the dark, dark chocolate brown eggs, you're going to want something like a Moran's, a Well Summer, or a Barnabelder. So those are what you look for if you're looking in terms of egg colors. So, and I will list these in the show notes because I know I'm throwing a lot of information at you all at once. Um, But maybe go, go back through and listen and take some notes. And I'll put a few of these into the show notes. Now, if you are looking for pet chickens. And you just want some beautiful birds. And you're more into the things that are not what everybody else has. And you want a unique bird. And you don't really care if or when it lays eggs then these beautiful breeds that I'm about to tell you about may be exactly what you're looking for. So first of all I want to talk about bantam chickens. Bantams are basically a miniature sized chicken. They look about the size of a teenage bird but they're full size. They're literally at least half the size of a normal chicken and they are so cute and tiny. They're adorable and they lay the cutest little fairy looking eggs that you've ever seen but they're not super practical so if you're looking to use bantam eggs say in baking you're going to have to use more of them for something that like calls for egg white because there's not going to be enough volume in a typical bantam egg for something like that Um, because even the bigger bantam eggs are not very big they're going to be smaller than a small typical chicken egg so Um, you're definitely going to want to think about what you're using the eggs for. If you're just frying them in a pan, they make the most adorable little tiny fried eggs you've ever seen. Um, But again, these are chickens that primarily are just going to be for fun or for pets. They're not really great if you're looking for a production farm animal. These are more pets and friendlies. So First off with the bantams. There are a few different varieties that you can choose from. Ceramas are beautiful feathered birds. Um, They have a lot of beautiful colors particularly darks and blacks um, and beautiful plumage on their tails. Seabrights are also very very pretty. They're more of a golden or coppery orangey color with with black outline around them they're beautiful birds and then my favorite is the silkies and frizzles and silky and frizzle refers not to like fur or anything it's more the type of feather and how it lays so a silky is going to have feathers that are soft and smooth and really make it look like they're a big fluff ball of fur um, the frizzles are going to be the same type of bird but their feathers are going to be very fuzzy on the end and they're going to look really kinky curly f- funny looking they're they're gonna look like they got shocked with an electric socket they, they look like they stuck their nose in the socket and got a little bit of a shock so when you combine that with them being small They're super super fantastically cute birds Um, but again they're not great if you're looking for something to produce consistent eggs that you can just eat with on a regular basis. So they may only give you more like 200 eggs a year Um, and so you may only maybe for one chicken might get two or three eggs a week from that one chicken. So take that into consideration when you're thinking about what you're going to get but they are fun and they are super cute um other things that you can consider polish chickens polish chickens are full size we're done with the bantam breeds now so let's talk about the full size birds polish chickens are basically birds with an afro um there is a particular style of polish chicken that is black with white hair on uh, white um feathers on its head that I call the Cruella de Vil birds because they absolutely look that way to me um, but these are birds that are going to have a poof of feathers on top of their head that looks like a hairstyle and they are just as funky and funny as they can be and again they're not really great for production but they are lots of fun and if you are looking for beautiful birds or unique birds for future hatching eggs or breeding or if you want to grow you want to raise chicks to sell in the future these are great options for that because there is quite a market for people who have backyard chickens just as pets and these are the types of birds they're going to be looking for Um, but again if you're looking for them as far as egg production they're not going to be your first choice you also can look at some beautiful birds like wine-a-dote and Wellsummer that have beautiful lacing on the bottom of their wings where uh, the bottom of their feathers are outlined in black or something like that, that creates a beautiful pattern on them. Brahma chickens are huge and they have great big feathered feet. It makes them look like they're wearing bell bottoms, especially the roosters. But they are absolutely huge. I'm talking 18, 19 pound birds for um, Brahma roosters. They are the size of a toddler. Um, The hens are a little bit smaller, but they are still going to be larger than your typical bird. Um, Plymouth Rock are going to just be the classic chicken. They are the little black and white chickens with the red comb that you see on farm decor and things like that that is a Plymouth Rock chicken and then Faverols are gonna have um, just speckles and beaded patterns on them they're beautiful um, they've, they've got five toes which is more than other chickens have only four um, and they have feathers on their feet so they're beautiful birds as well the Favaroles so You figured out what kind of birds you want and we are primarily at this point talking about egg birds we're going to talk about meat birds um, tomorrow next week um, but I wanted to give you just an overview of where to start with egg layers so where do you go to buy your chickens you you know why you want them You know what you're looking for. And then where do you go to find them. My first suggestion would be local hatcheries. And local farm stores. And when I say local farm stores. I mean. (coughs) Excuse me. Like Mr. Goodman's. In downtown. Where I live. Who has a family farm store. That's been in his family for generations. I'm not referring to somewhere like a chain store, like Southern States or, or even Tractor Supply. Those are chain stores and they're different from a local farm and feed store. So my first choice for you would be to, to find a local hatchery. You can really, I tried it today, go on your phone and Google hatcheries near, near me and it will pull up chicken farms that are near you and you can call them or see if they have a website and see what they have available and um, buy directly from them one of there's some good points to doing that Um, one of the best ones is that one you're buying local birds who are bred and adapted to your particular environment and two um, you're not buying birds who are stressed by being shipped um, which can cause you to lose some of them so that would be my first choice is local hatcheries or a local farm and feed store. My second choice would be mail order hatcheries. Um, The two that I recommend the most are Murray McMurray Hatchery and Stromberg's. Both of these are highly reputable and have a long history and a long, um, long standing in the community of chicken keeping, and so they're going to be very, very reputable. They're really good with the chickens that they breed, and you're going to want to um, use one of them. The thing that you'll need to worry about is the fact that with UPS, USPS um, shipping being delayed as it is, there's been an uptick in the number of chicks who just don't make it because they're not made to, to be in the stress of being shipped for that long Um, one place i really do not recommend that you go is somewhere like tractor supply and honestly it's because their people are not trained in distinguishing between breeds and last year when we bought ours we had huge problems with buying what we thought were female birds of one brand breed who ended up being roosters of completely totally different breed who were not similar at all Um, and heard story after story after story of people who have the same issues where you get birds from tractor supply thinking I've done my research and this is what I want and then you bring it home and it grows up to be a completely different kind of chicken and then you're on the backyard chicken group on Facebook going can somebody tell me what kind of chicken this is because tractor supply tells me it's this but it's not so um really would not go to them unless you just cannot find chickens anywhere else and you're open to whatever it is you happen to end up with so when you bring your chickens home from the store or the hatchery or get them from mail order they're going to be about two to three days old um, maybe a little bit older but not by much Um, and they're going to have some basic needs that you're going to need to take care of number one they need socialization your chickens need to learn how to be handled from the very beginning if you are every day Picking up your chickens and petting them and talking to them and cuddling them. They are getting to know you. They are getting to know your scent. And they are getting used to being handled. And that's not just so that you have friendly birds. When your chickens are older and they need an intervention of some kind. You're going to want them to be willing to have you pick them up. To be willing to look at them and talk to them you're not going to want to have to chase down a chicken and corner it and stress it out even more trying to pick it up when it's not used to that so begin socialization right at the very beginning and encourage your kids to pick them up and hold them and things like that too because if they're used to that from the beginning then as they get older they're going to be more tolerant of that as they get older And it's not going to be so stressful on your chickens for your kids to be interacting with them. Obviously you're going to teach them how to handle them properly. And be kind to them and handle them gently and all those things. But you also want your chickens to be patient. Just like you would do with a dog or a cat in your house. So they need somewhere to live. So you need a pen and it needs to be somewhere indoors. You can use something like a Rubbermaid tote. Um, an old pack and play, a cardboard box, anything that's large enough to accommodate them with the things that they need and some places to move around. And then you want to be able to um, accommodate for growth as they get bigger. Um, You're also going to need something to feed them. You're going to start out with chick starter feed. Um, It's probably going to be a crumble and you need it in some kind of container that they can eat out of um, and you're going to have water and that water is going to be in a container that they can drink out of you're going to want to elevate their food and water up above from where their feet are so that they're not kicking bedding into it pooping in it standing in it those kinds of things because if you do that then you're going to be changing that water and changing that food all the time and you'll have quite a bit of waste if you put it up higher where they can only use it with their with their head to access it with their head and not with their feet and their bums then you're going to have much less waste and issues of stuff to clean up Um, You're also going to want to start offering them grit from the very beginning. Grit is something that's like a little vitamin for them. They need that to have enough calcium to lay really good strong shells right from the start. So um, just have a small dish of grit off to the side that they're able to access as they need it. They won't eat a lot of it, but they do need access to it. Um, Then you're going to need to keep them warm. Um... I recommend a heating plate as opposed to a heat lamp. Um, One, there's less risk of a fire hazard. Two, it's much easier to control the temperature and it's safer for your birds. Um, A heat lamp um, clamps and goes up above it and you have to like adjust the height from the chickens to get it warmer or cooler. And it's also just an on off switch if you have a heat plate they can get up underneath it if they're really cold they can move away from it if they're if they're too warm um, and you can adjust the temperature on it and set it with a temperature regulator that will cut it off when it gets to a certain temperature and cut it back on when it when it falls below that temperature so um, definitely recommend a heat plate. You're going to want to keep the birds at 95 degrees to begin with and then gradually lower, lower it so that at about six weeks they're anywhere from 75 to 70 degrees. Um, be looking for signs of them being too hot or too cold. If they're all huddled up underneath it then you need to make it warmer. If they're all staying really far away from it then you need to cool it down a little bit because it's too warm Um, next you need some bedding in there for them and they are going to need either like shredded paper newspaper um, pine shavings do not use cedar shavings Um, cedar is toxic to the respiratory system of um, chickens so make sure it's something really simple like pine shavings or newspaper things like that. Something that's really super simple to to clean up too because you're going to be constantly cleaning up poop and spilled water and spilled feed and keeping that clean. So something like you can buy a large bag of pine shaving flakes for very little money like five dollars. Then when the chicks are fully feathered and the outside temp is equal during the day to the required temp that they need and the nighttime temp is above 60 then they're ready to go outside and you can um then have them live in the chicken coop at that point the last thing i want to go over with you is things that you need to watch out for um, with baby chicks they're really pretty simple. You're cuddling them a lot and you're making sure they have food and water and that they're keeping their coop clean. Cleanliness is the biggest issue. Most every issue is preventable if you keep a clean dry brooder area. So as long as you're making staying on top of those things and making sure that the water isn't spilled, that it's dry, that there's not poop all over everything, and you're keeping it clean. Um, Most of these things are not going to be an issue for you. Um, Sometimes they will be, um, but again, most of these things can be prevented by keeping a clean and dry brooder area. So what are some things to watch out for? The first one that's the simplest to see and to take care of is pasty butt, and essentially pasty butt is when the chicken is pooping and instead of it falling to the floor like it should it's accumulating on their bum and creating a crust over their butt that um, keeps them from continuing to poop and that can be a problem Um, that can cause issues with them intestinally it can make them block up and get sick and things like that so Um, we, whenever we are picking them up and handling them on a daily basis, we are checking their little bums and making sure that none of them have pasty butt. Um, if you do find one that has pasty butt, all you need to do is get some warm bath water and some soap and put them in there. Um, make sure it's not really too deep. Um, you want to be able to let it soak a little bit, but you also want to be able to, um, make sure that they can stand up in it. Um, and just kind of use a little washcloth or something and um, work at wiping that off and getting that clean again. A um, couple other things that can be problems. Um, brooder pneumonia is a fungal mold spore infection um, and chicken cold is a viral Infection, and both of these things are things that can cause cold-type symptoms. Where they're breathing with their mouth open, they may have little bubbles or crust on their on their beak where their nose holes are. Um, you may see other symptoms of respiratory distress-type things, um, and they may just be kind of puny and less active. Um, when you see those kinds of things, you need to separate that chicken from the rest of them. Um, the pneumonia is not tends to be an environmental thing and so um it could affect more than one chicken but not because it's contagious but because they're all in the same environment whereas the chicken cold is viral and it can spread very quickly to the rest of your chicken so you need to immediately move one if you see them sneezing or acting funny um, and they seem to have cold symptoms immediately move that chicken away from the rest of them um, and keep them separated until they're well. Um, the other thing that can happen is called coccidiosis, and I'm not even sure if I've said that right, um, but when they have that, the chickens are going to peck at everything, and one of the things that they will peck at that is nasty is their own poop, and when they do that, sometimes they can develop, um, bacteria and parasites that are naturally found in their poop and they can ingest those and they can make them sick so if you see frothy mucousy or bloody poop um, particularly if it's red or orange in color you need to determine who is um pooping like that and remove them and you need to treat your entire flock um which there is a um Medication called Corid that you can put in their water and give to them, to all of them. Um, but it unfortunately is something that these three things are things that typically they don't recover from. You can isolate them, you can give them medications, um, but they can be expensive to treat with medications. And then sick chicks might be able to recuperate but they probably will never be as healthy and strong as they would have been without that sickness in the very beginning of their life and so you really need to examine again your goals are are you coming at this from a production standpoint or are you coming from at this from a pet standpoint if these animals are your pets of course you're going to do everything you can to try to um, keep them safe and keep them healthy and um, make them well Um, people who keep chickens as pets will take them to the vet. And if that's what you want to do, that's totally fine. They're your chickens. You treat them um, in the manner that goes along with your goals. However, if you are raising chickens for food and they are production birds, it's not typical for a farmer to take their chicken to the vet. It's not typical for them to try to save and nurture and bring along sick chickens they are more likely to cull a chicken who is acting sickly to protect the rest of the flock or to allow that chicken's illness to run its course even if it means a loss of a bird because that chicken would not be as productive and vital to his flock as the other healthy chickens would be and that's sad and it's and it's hard Um, to think about the possibility of the death of a chicken or allowing the death of a chicken when there could maybe be something you could do but you have to weigh the pros and cons and you have to realize that part of homesteading is life and death and um, it's one of the harder lessons to learn and I think that even if it's if it's the way that you need to go that you can still um, give that life dignity and give that life honor and give it respect and thanks for what it's done for you and your family Uh, whether it's a baby chick or like we'll talk about next week with hens and roosters who are past laying age or um, are not needed um, in your flock so on that note we are going to wrap up this extra long episode on chicks thanks for sticking with me this week i know that's a lot of information thrown at you at once please be sure to go to my instagram page the funky farm girl or find me on facebook at the funky farm girl and send me a message and let me know if there's any things that you have questions about i'm more than happy to answer specific questions um, that you may have if you're looking at getting chicks um hatching chicks are going to be ready just here in the next couple weeks so now is the time to begin thinking through what it is you want so that you can get the beginning of those chicks um and um at the beginning of the season and have them well underway um by the time spring and summer come so until next week this is jenny and i'll see you again. thanks for stopping by y'all If you're inspired by what you've heard today, the best compliment you can give me is to share the Funky Farm Girl with your friends. You can stay connected by following the Funky Farm Girl on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. Until we meet again next week, remember to bloom where you're planted.